that's the thing. We can't. People on the internet are never going to be a hundred percent happy unless they launch like you know, they may spend five years developing something to launch it perfectly on every device with every uh, piece of content, and then by that point you're going to be outpaced by the next guy. So I, I get it. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think there's a lot of misperception out there just in terms of like this happened because AT and T bought Warner's, Absolutely. not because of 100%. anything else. Yeah, they saw the the bottom line. They realized that in order to make it big and hit the lotto here, they needed this streaming service to work. Mm -hmm. They need to consolidate all of their resources for streaming to produce something that can go up against a company like Netflix and a company like Amazon. And that's what that's what they're doing. And they don't care about, as they put it, a, a niche product. Right. Or niche niche. Uh, I'm going to call it niche is, is what I was talking about. Opening the show this week is the Criterion Now podcast. Lamenting about the death of Filmstruck, we're going to piggyback or kind of copy that conversation and discuss what Filmstruck's demise means for the film lover and for my co-host's dream of making his Apple TV great again. This is Marcus Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts. Well, welcome back to Marcus Played, Michael. So this is the day after Halloween. We're recording this, and uh, I think it's apropos a little bit that we are resurrecting this thing from the dead. Like what are you talking about? I think the last week we've had like five episodes. We're, we're, we're all over the place, man. We're so topical. We're talking about Deadpool and Solo, on uh, point. I think Avengers. Avengers will never die. Yeah, that one I don't think people would raise an eyebrow if you're releasing like a weekly Avengers episode. Like, if we have another one around Thanksgiving, I don't think anyone will care. Actually, they'll probably like it more than today's discussion. Probably. You no, know, that kind of you know, this is a podcast talking about podcasts. So why don't we talk about maybe we should do our next podcast, a Avengers only podcast? Every week we talk about one of the heroes or something. You know, I think that we would make a killing there. We would probably kill ourselves too. So maybe we shouldn't go that route. Speaking of being killed. Um, so this wow. week we're talking about <laughs> Filmstruck, um, which I think Film Twitter is lamenting, or lamented at least for about 45 minutes, a couple days, something like that. <laughs> it's a pretty good and, run for Film yeah, Twitter. It's, it's good. Now forgotten. And I think that, uh, you know, at the opening of the show, we listened to the great Criterion Now podcast talking about uh, the death of Filmstruck and their emergency podcast that they put out. They're very... Obviously, this podcast talks about Criterion films, and Criterion had that connection with Filmstruck, so it was a really good um, good tool for them. But one of the things that struck me was, at the beginning of the podcast, on the beginning of the recording, is that they were talking about how the internet will never be happy with the product, right? So, you know, people just complaining about the feed or certain aspects of it, and that got me thinking about you. And um, Sure. Uh, when Filmstruck started... I remember you and I going back and forth through text and, you know, wondering about joining into the service. And, you know, you convinced me not to join Filmstruck because you're <laughs> complaining about <laughs> the support for the app. It's not going to play on this. Ah, I'm going to, you know, there are many reasons that you gave. So I never joined on, even though I wanted to. I, I expressed interest. Wow. I didn't know um, I had that power over you. You Hiro. did. I mean, <laughs> hey, man, I respect you. You're the co-host here. 
and uh, <laughs> you really move the needle when it comes to my uh, <laughs> my purchase opinions. But you know, what is your opinion when it comes to what's going on here uh, as Filmstruck? One from you know people not really jumping onto the bandwagon quick enough, and two, the other comment in the podcast is that this isn't really a decision about Filmstruck per se, but this is a decision by Warner to try to and AT and T try to compete with uh, Netflix and Amazon. Well, okay, so what is the general? Because I, I stay off uh, film Twitter uh, as much as humanly possible. I understand that they're upset, uh, which is reasonable for Filmstruck to not be there. If you're a fan of this type of cinema, they I know there's some other services, but this one I guess was the big boy. There's a uh, Mubi and Fandor that kind of have like right. the indie stuff, but that's you know Mubi set up to be like a movie a day. Like they only have 30 films on their service. Okay, uh, so very different from Filmstruck. I understand those people being upset by it, but isn't the latter part of that with AT&T Time Warner consolidating into one service? Isn't that what most people bitch about with streaming services that, like, oh, every company, TNT is going to have one and uh, TBS. Why isn't there just a Turner one or why isn't uh, HBO bundled with this instead? Isn't this a good thing? If, if just this one company that owns all these different uh, venues, the consolidation media, of this. Sure. See, I don't know if it's a good thing, and I don't know if this is quite the right form or the right podcast for this, but when you start talking about net neutrality and, uh, you know, the, the new administration revoking that and, you know, AT&T being also a server, internet service provider and now owning the consumption of this giant or consolidation of giant content. So, you know, yes, it's good that they're consolidating. Two, is it bad that they're consolidating under a particular internet service provider? Are we going to get the AT&T super fast Warner thing and then they draw back on uh, Netflix, Hulu, whatever it is, Amazon? Well, there's already a little bit of that, right? Like I uh, I subscribe to DirecTV now as my basically replacing my cable satellite package. So you cut the cord. Yes. I, kind think, of. I, I think I did that a couple of years ago when they were giving away a free – uh, like Apple TV 4, which could actually play Filmstruck. I got to so- hand it to you. You are the king of the giveaway. <laughs> like You jump on every... I, do you clip coupons when you go to the grocery store? <laughs> I, I I never did that. But when it comes to like tech stuff, which is very expensive, I'm, I am I like to be in on the deals. I like to, to have that. So that's what allowed me to actually subscribe to Filmstruck. So I guess bitch to you. And I'm the idiot who did like the annual plan up front to save a, a buck. You're going to refund, won't you? I end up not really using the service, and I didn't re up for year two. Uh, that not much. enough Marvel movies on there for you. <laughs> you know, I think uh, so. This this will go back to the first part of your question. I get to finish up with the AT and T thing. Uh, I do know that they uh, for Directv Now users they get a bigger discount than I do if they have an AT and T cell phone plan. And that okay. is something as a consumer I could say, hey, is it worth changing from Verizon to AT and T? For me, it's not just because I get better service with Verizon where I live. That so would happens be nice. When you live in the woods, right? Um, as far as me canceling Filmstruck and maybe not being as upset as other people, because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I I didn't re up, so I'm not currently and haven't been using it for the last year. It, I always thought it was sort of a strange, strange streaming service in that your demo, your target demo, are probably completionists. And it was by no means like subscribe to this and now you have access to every Criterion Collection film. 
Right. Yeah. So I'm that type of person who owns uh, probably too many Criterions, not as much as your, you know, your shout out to the Criterion now guys. But for me, if I got on the service and if was you have like, a problem with your, the amount of discs you have, Michael, remember, I will gladly pay the uh, shipping fees. You go ahead and send those over those discs. You know me, man. I still like my physical media. The last time you were here, I think I was just giving you like, hey, I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not I still, use I this. have a stack. I have a stack. <laughs> just take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I loved it. It was a great gift, you know, for flying all that way to come visit you. Great. So I guess why I'm pro consolidation, just in this regard, that if Warner Brothers is going to make an official WB app with their various companies they own and all those movies is one problem I have with Filmstruck is I think classic movies, I might go there first. Oh, this is not there. I go back. Maybe they have this one. No, that's not there either. At that point, I'm I'm adding up in my head, is it worth paying a monthly fee just to browse around? I guess like you're at a video store. Yeah, when really, yeah. I'm wanting to pay a service to know that something's there. This type that of thing. That kind of comes there. down to your, your style of consumption. Uh, and I have the same problem is... I think, like, I see or I listen to a podcast talking about a particular movie. I want to watch it. You know, I, I wanted to see. Uh, shout out to Sober Cinema, one of the greatest podcasts out there. I'll there give we you go. Those props. Sure, Nasty Hellcat. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I want to see this movie. So I've got to kind of go digging around, and more often than not, I find that things are not on streaming and things like that. So, and I think that even with Filmstruck being the thirty at, at, per month. Um, that's even a, more of a soda straw that we're like trying to sip out of. Yeah. I, so I guess I'm more for the bird in the hand. Like I'd rather, I try to add up how much that is. I can't remember what film struck was a month. Was it 10, $12 a month? I wouldn't know because I got convinced <laughs> to not jump on this great service. Whatever it would, was. It would enhance my classic film viewing. If what I need is on there. I'm going to save money. But if it's not there, I'm paying for that. And I'm now paying for the iTunes purchase, Amazon rental, what have you. And so I guess I would just rather pay the rental fees or purchase the digital copy when I need it right then and there, as opposed to hoping. And there's this whole like cottage industry of like websites every month, like every tech website saying, here's everything coming to Netflix, Amazon, HBO this month. Here's everything leaving. Yeah. It's exhausting. And so mine is called Michael Denniston's texts. Yeah. Uh, Here's what we're going to talk about in the podcast is, is a good one, a good newsletter. I should start. So I I feel for the people who use Filmstruck as like their sort of daily or maybe weekly source of entertainment, just like whatever was on the service, they just like to explore and check out new things. Totally understand that. I I don't think that it totally fulfilled my needs, and I actually am going to go positive here and say that uh, Warner Brothers maybe maybe could come up with something that uh, better serves people if they combine HBO with their movie library and all that. And, you know, is HBO owned by Warner? Yes, and that's that's Man. that's been some sort of rumor that you know maybe they'll just bundle up HBO now or whatever into their new service, which would be a big leg up for them with Game of Thrones and all that crap. Oh boy. So you're you're all about it, man. You're like, get rid of this net neutrality crap, bundle everybody together, let's well, here, make more money a, off of the user. I this is gonna be strange given your current living situation, but like when you were in the States, what were like your streaming services that and I don't know if maybe that's not changed. I know Netflix is, you know, totally global, but like is Hulu over there? Oh well, it is when you have a VPN. <clears throat> but See, you didn't hear that from me. I was, I was trying to avoid that. I was trying to give you like when you were <laughs> officially a paying customer. What were okay, your streaming so services? Officially a paying customer, I'll tell you right now. I don't have Amazon Prime here. Amazon Prime will not play. The things that I own through Amazon will play. Netflix is here, but it has a different library. It's a much more limited library 
Um, Hulu also is not here. HBO Go is not here. It's very, very limited. They actually, I mean, it's a struggle. And no, no NFL uh, ticket, none of that stuff. But for all the expats or and people stationed here, the VPN is really the common service. We pay. We still pay for our thing, but we just plug in the VPN and, and let it ride. So I would say that I consistently have Netflix, although I have canceled it for stretches. And usually it's I have my Netflix disc. That is that is literally the savior for me. I'm having my own issues with them. The, the turnaround time is just so depressingly slow here. It used oh to be. Oh my god! Try it over here. <laughs> See, the, <laughs> we should have brought in, uh, you know, Jesse or uh, Jason Michael on this one because talking to to you, you're going to give me every time I say something, every little small complaint, which I guess goes with your opening podcast. You're going to give me the old man walking through the snow to watch his videos out there. Carrying a warm potato for lunch and for warmth. Yes. That's me. There has to be a threshold with your average consumer as far as how many separate bills are you going to pay until you're back to what you're paying for cable or satellite. And I think that it is going to have to be consolidated with these companies where, you know, Warner Brothers can't expect to have a niche service for every genre of film. And support it. I would rather them all be bundled together because uh, I'm going to keep Hulu. I'll probably have Netflix and I'll have HBO. You get beyond that, uh, you're on the bubble, I guess, as far as you're going to stay in my stay on my Apple TV. Not to go too far into it, but I heard that it's actually cheaper to have HBO through Amazon than it is through have HBO Direct. I've actually heard that, but uh, Barry told me that my co-host on the the True Romance Film Podcast, but. I have not probably the most reliable now, source uh, cheaper. So I'm all <laughs> I'm all for these companies swallowing each other because I think it's five bucks a month, you know, because I'm I'm supporting AT and T and Time Warner this this hybrid Frankenstein monster. I, I guess I am. You're going to attack me the rest of the show because I am totally opposite of these people that are rallying against what's happened to poor Filmstruck. Oh, I'm just. Uh, I mean, I, I know that uh, the new administration, our current administration, <laughs> one of their first priorities was to kill net neutrality for to really siphon as much money as they can out of the American public. But I mean, if you're a supporter, you're a supporter. So far they are making my Apple TV great again. Uh, apparently. Apparently that's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> we find you know what? You finally found something that you could get behind here, right? I mean, hey, there you go. That's, I'd say that uh really Trump attacking uh Bezos and Amazon, uh I feel to be like the only true uh blue collar thing he do. And he's not doing it from a blue collar standpoint. But uh, that's about the only thing I agree with on the Trump administration. And even then, he's just fumbled into it through his own, you know, because Bezos insulted him through the Washington Post. It's not for my reasons, but that's it. That's it. The only good thing I'll say about Trump. And since you're editing this, I know you're going to, like, probably put that at the top of the show and put me with, like, a red cap on and probably playing me in with Kanye I'll just edit out, like, the only. <laughs> and then this good thing about Trump. <laughs> Just constant. And of course, I'll elevate the good to get that really powerful, booming voice of yours. But uh, no, I, and so just to kind of to turn the page a little bit, Filmstruck was such a niche thing, right? I mean, sure. we live in an era now, and this is not another superhero bashing comment here. We've done enough of that on this podcast. But the the, the mass audience isn't really going back and watching Fellini films and, you know, going back and doing this stuff. So Nor this should they. Extre- I'm I'm not saying anyone should treat their uh, their free time after they get off work as homework. Just just a banter with us idiots. Like, ooh, that brings up a new good, a really good point. <laughs> so is 
the appreciation of older art is that homework and not to be enjoyed. So you, you find no enjoyment in sitting there in your underwear, maybe a cold Papsal ribbon, the pride of Kentucky, watching, uh, you know, 12 Angry Men or something like that. And I gave you a softball there with 12 Angry Men because that holds up like a champ. That, that one's good. Uh, uh, Anatomy of a Murder uh, is probably one of my favorites. Like I, I have just spent an afternoon just watching that one just for funsies, I guess. Uh, I think here's the issue. It's like films Are you like going to sit there and, and watch the Satajadre trilogy, <laughs> the Apu trilogy on a Saturday uh, afternoon? You know, Skip I'm- that college football crap. I well, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of uh, really college sports in general. I say that in Lexington, Kentucky, which yeah, is, I know, my goodness, Le- <laughs> Kentucky's good this year. Finally, at football, aren't they ranked right now? What's wrong uh, with you? You'd have to ask my wife. I don't know if she watches all that crap, but um, I think I, I have my own issues with Netflix as far as if you <laughs> click that button, you are barraged with their nonsense, their Netflix branded, and good on them because they they realize they have to have their own content. They can't, you know, these these companies are making their own things, so they can't rely on getting those rights anymore. It'd but, be nice if they made good content. Yeah, they, that's that's why Netflix kind of rotates out of of my uh, of my monthly billing. But so I don't go to Netflix for those type of movies. But if you're talking about the general consumer, I think if they stumble across a classic film. It probably has to, you know, you have to slide it in. You have to put the, the medicine in with like the ice cream for them to stumble across. I would love for them to have Anatomy of a Murder on there and just click that button. Like, oh, that looks interesting. Hulu, you know, when Filmstruck was first created, I do remember a backlash from the sort of cinephiles because Hulu had the Criterion Collection streaming rights and people were pissed because you were removing something they already paid for and, and putting it on its own thing. It. Yeah, paying oh, wow. again. I didn't know that. See, because I, I got to Hulu maybe only about a year and a half ago or so. Um, I will say one thing about Netflix, they change sort of how they offer things up to you, right? Sometimes it'll be because you watch this. Sometimes they'll give you comedies, American TV comedies, whatever. I've gone into their classic section, and it's thin, man. I, it's brutal what they've got on there. It's And I do seek out classic movies. Yes, I am a quote-unquote film lover, cinephile, whatever you want to call it, but... I am trying to sort of broaden my horizons a little bit. I, I do watch these for enjoyment, not just for a podcast, but um, I think that there is sort of a need out there for something like this to, for people to catch up on. Because, I, man, I can't afford to go out there and keep buying all these things. I mean, it's expensive. Well, you're, you're talking about the, the need for the enthusiast, for you know for two guys yes. who are going to get on a movie podcast right. and discuss them. I, I just, you know... Call me a cynic. I just don't think that's ever going to reach beyond the enthusiast. That very particular oh, no, film product, especially so now. I would rather like someone like my brother, who would just stumble across this. Which one? Uh, Sawyer. Like Sawyer will just stumble across a movie. I would have no expectation of him watching. Like you know, he's just sort of a you know young young twenties watches sports uh when he sees a movie he's it's probably just watching pumping iron right now he's probably just getting pumped up pumping iron <laughs> would be like you know more practical watching like educational uh but if he stumbles across something i'm I always ask him where and it's usually gonna be netflix or hulu and it's just because something just you know as he's scrolling past he's like oh that looks cool oh, i can't do that barry does that same crap like just well, I mean, scrolling through like and a, just stop no i can't I, do it i have an app on my phone called uh, just watch i think they have a website as well and it i you know it puts in as many streaming services as possible they probably don't have all of them but all the ones that i subscribe to 
And that's the first thing when I'm preparing for a podcast. I click the title. Where's the streaming? If it's not streaming somewhere, where's the cheapest place I can rent it? Cheapest place I can buy it. So that's that's what I go to. And, you know, Filmstruck came up, I think, twice in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> Of recording. Uh, <laughs> so, so you were not looking for any any sort of art. You were looking just for mindless good times, or no, no. It's actually the opposite. I'm I'm not looking like. Unfortunately for me, my wife complains about this. Where I do so many movie podcasts, I'm looking for a particular film. So it's not I'm the like same way. So I'm I'm rarely the person that's just on a home screen, just scrolling, just to click on something random. I I open an app because I know something's already there. I'm the same way. I find I'm insulting people. I find that to be the lowest form of movie watching. <laughs> when you're scrolling through and you stumble across something on Netflix, well, it's the modern just clicking channel surfing. Yeah, you're just roaming around. I do that when I want to find something to fall asleep to, and usually on Netflix, I watch the watch it again section. You know, throw on Jaws, and I'll just kind of ease myself to a wonderful night of uh, of excellence of carnage, and that's it. You know, that's the only way I do it. That kind of brings me to my uh, the, the podcast I've selected for this the show, which is um, it's kind of a rarity for me because I don't really listen to too many movie podcasts like this, which is a, a movie news show. Because I'm much like uh, the podcasts I produce, where I get around to it when I get around to it to releasing episodes. That's sort of the same with my listening. So I, I like for topics to remain evergreen, even if it's like say the current release of that film. I'll get to it when I get to it because they're going to review the movie, what have you. Uh, it's called the News Reel, reels in film reel, and it's from the uh, website Cut Print Film. And they did an episode uh, as of this recording was two days ago, titled "Filmstruck." We hardly knew you. The problem is, a lot of us are relying on these large institutions to do the work for us. Um, this is kind of a problem that we can't really do as you know individuals like it's just you know we can't like it's really expensive to go out and buy 35 millimeter prints for a reason and we most of us don't have the right storage facilities to do this this is why you know donate to places like the ucla film and television archive donate to the library of congress these places that do have the money the museum of modern art that have these great facilities to restore save and preserve films these are really really important places uh that you can support um keep your dvds in order but one of the things is your dvds will corrode at some point and your dvd player will stop working and there will not be new dvd players to replace those because everyone thought that that technology is dead so you know you have to kind of keep transferring them to your new version or whatever and hope that your hard drives don't fail there's just a lot and it's and it's becomes sort of overwhelming i'm feeling a little overwhelmed and i'm sorry i'm rushing through all this (laughs) But it's like it's just overwhelming of the ways that you can try and do this, but you're really just scratching at a really tough surface. They're, you know, they're lamenting as as cinephiles would, two guys yep. who do a movie okay. podcast. Uh, but what I found interesting about it was their approach with their guests was talking about the expectation one has to have as a film lover for the amount of work that you need to put into to find acquire films, and it wasn't just you know what you would expect in this conversation, the norm that it would be like, Oh, just buy them. Physical's better. Have the Blu-ray, have the DVD streaming's terrible because as the guest brought up, you know, those things aren't meant to last forever either. Like those, you know, if you, (laughs) if you're a VHS guy, stuff that never made DVD, there's no guarantee that that tape's going to keep playing or keep playing at the same quality. Okay. Same with DVDs. And so 
they basically came to the conclusion. I love episodes that do this, that it's like, no matter what, there are going to be complaints. So it kind of, kind of works with your podcast in the sense that even with the best of intentions, even if you're on your game as a film fan, don't ever have the expectation that this is going to be the be all end all answer. So it, it's in a way it's like, yes, film is dying, but it hadn't solved everything that you wanted to solve. Like the, the marketing mindset, said, if you're a movie lover, this is what you need. We've got you. It was just another service. It was a service with a different product, right. but it still wasn't the answer. You were probably still subscribing and still purchasing God knows how many movies to supplement your Filmstruck subscription. And that's honestly why I've hung on to the discs for so long, the Netflix disc subscription. And that's because that's honestly the biggest library. You can find almost anything through the disc. I mean, it's, it's very, very wide ranging. There's a little bit of a waiting period. So even though my... My queue is about 300 movies long right now. <laughs> I just keep moving certain ones back. Um, I think that that's the best way to go, to be honest with you. If you are that type of cinephile, I think hang on to the disc. Let Netflix send it out to you, even if you are on the other end side of the world. It'll get here eventually. My Outlander Season 3 just showed up for my Out- wife. Outlander. Jesus. Oh, well, see, here's what I did. You could buy... You can do one disc, two disc, three. When I lived in the States, I had one disc, and it was for me, and we cycled through it. <laughs> but now, because of the lag time and because my wife is harassing me, we, well, I upped the pro, the plan to the three discs, and I gave her one. And, of course, she used it for Outlander. And uh, I've got um, – I just finished watching eighth grade and set that back. So, you know, it's a win-win. See, I'm waiting on – I've got a top of my queue is Disney's Tangled for an episode, upcoming episode of Sober Cinema. Long wait for this one. Why is there a long wait for Disney's Tangled? What is this nonsense? I own that movie, so I mean, I have kids. It's what I do. Yeah, but I'm sure. It would be, I, I would hope that it would take even longer for you to send your copy to me than Netflix here in the states. But we'll see. I've been about two weeks. I've been waiting on this one. It keeps getting uh, bumped down for something else. I don't know. So your ideal service. If if a lot of people and I disagree with it were are lamenting or talking about Filmstruck as maybe the closest to the ideal for film lovers as a streaming service, what would be your ideal if if these companies could make something and they put you in charge of it? You know, what what are you asking for? You started the show off saying that okay. nothing will ever satisfies. What would satisfy You're right. you? I I shouldn't be a complainer. As I tell my people at work is like don't come to me with your complaints. Come to me with complaints and a solution. So here you go. Consolidate everything, right? So in, in my happy world, my presidency, I've, uh, I've, uh, consolidated all the films. So you pay $9.99 a month, but then you pay, uh, 50 cents per consumption of each film that you watch. So if you're a big time consumer, you pay 50 cents. That's all it is. It's 50 cents. So cats like me and you would probably have a little bit of a bigger fee. But Very reasonable pay- rental fee, though. 50 cents. That's Yep, fifty cents. But you're you're also paying the nine ninety nine a month to keep the logistics behind it going. If they you know they're not getting the the bank for their buck, and to you know sweeten the pot a little bit. But uh, that's how I would do it. Everything's available to it, right? So if you want to watch Jackass two with all your friends and uh, check and then, out the latest you, episode of Sober Cinema, or and a then maybe you know I can't get you my copy of Needful Things over to you very soon. <laughs> I can't get it quickly. You could just do it right there. Fifty cents onto your subscription. Invite your friends over, hang out. You. Nasty Hellcat and uh, any other little friend that you have to bring over. There you go. Solution solved. I think my ideal would be. Unfortunately, I would I would I would not want Netflix, and this is, is their bread and butter now. The, the TV stuff. That's that's the thing that I think I can't stand as a movie lover. Is I would like to have a service that's just 
four movies. And I understand I was watching a YouTube video. Oh, just to kind of pause you there is 10 cents per episode. Okay, so, so you're going to make so, them pay as well. I like that. The, oh, yeah, yeah. They have to pay. So, like, if you want to go through the entire library of Lost, the greatest show ever made, Jesus. you're going to have to go ahead and uh, pay the 10 cents. You're going to binge watch do four or five a night. It's going to cost you a little bit, just a little bit. I was I was watching a YouTube video from uh, Collider, which is a big uh, sort of geek movie culture uh, sort of serious podcast and all that. And uh, they <laughs> – Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just call them a serious podcast? No, Are you implying geek, that this is culture. not a serious podcast? Uh, I don't know if you would consider this one serious. I don't know. Serious business. I don't know about you. I always thought we were more in the hobbyist territory. Like, I don't know. They have offices. We we have we got two notifications today. Not to mention our offices are worldwide. How about that? I mean, I've is got Collider a, a International? snoring dog. Depending on your uh, you know, editing editing skills, uh, they may or may not hear my dog snoring as I record <laughs> underneath me. Yeah, or my child just banging on the wall. <laughs> but they, you know, they probably had a far more negative approach to the death of filmstruck briefly talking about it saying hey it's just it's just financials and uh the depressing end to that conversation was talking about would netflix still be around if they had not pivoted with house of cards and orange is the new black and those sort of water cooler breakout shows into serialized content and it got me thinking i I don't know would like netflix obviously would have been a success but if they had not pivoted to that disney Time Warner, they were going to eat their lunch because they, they, they could put out the better movies. They could put out the higher budgets. And if Netflix was just going to say, Hey, we're the place where you can get DVDs and you can stream movies, they would, they wouldn't be around anymore or they would, yeah, they just bought. cut the license when the license is done, like the everybody's about to do and, uh, build their own thing as everybody's about to do. So mine, it's not quite pie in the sky, but I do wish that there was, a movie streaming service. And even if you have to have original content to drive it, be it like independent films, something of that nature, you know, the sad thing is a lot of the great aspects of streaming is that they are providing original quote unquote, original content to people like you and I who don't live in New York or LA. That's not necessarily original, but it's the first, it's the first swing of the bat we get at it. You know, like something like, uh, I don't know what's in my queue here. Uh, don't worry. He won't get far on foot. I've got coming up. That never came. What is that? Uh, what is that? It was a Sundance movie. It's got Walking Phoenix, Jonah Hill, Rooney Mara, Jack Black. Is that on your Netflix disc queue? It is on my disc queue because I want it on Blu-ray. But something like that in this hypothetical movie streaming service would be considered original me. If they got it when it came out on video day and date or they got it a little bit earlier, I'd be happy. That would be day one watching for me. But I don't know if that drives people like my brother to see it. Like I think they they need they need the Stranger Things. They need something that other people are engaged with and talking about. And I guess it's left to you and I to engage with. I, actually, we can't even engage on. I it. feel like you're you're, you're, you're asking you're, you're me denigrating Sawyer a little bit. I mean, you're you're a little dismissive of Sawyer's uh, movie well, watching movie look at, taste. Look, at, I'm going to denigrate you right now. Like oh, I bring okay. this up. This, ready. Has got, this has got you know. Um, name actors in it and you're like what is that what is that nonsense so <laughs> if you're if you're not on top of that what hope is filmstruck or my filmstruck replacement i don't know if you've heard but i moved to this foreign country that doesn't really give me news or provide any sort of access to films like this so um and not to mention war machine versus warhorse is dead <laughs> my source for true I, look <laughs> true, I've, true got film a, support. I've got some news for you we didn't get the freaking movie and 
lexington so war machine versus wars it still would have been hypothetical discussing guess it guess what if you didn't get it in lexington there's no <laughs> way it gets to buttfuck germany well <laughs> oh, i literally live my address literally translates on the mountain that's what my address literally translates to i live on the mountain that's why my streaming service needs to come into existence so filmstruck i think my problem with the uh, filmstruck just is we need to move the goalposts on what's considered a classic cinema you know, there there was <laughs> there was a The Rock Criterion collection at one point. Maybe you just need to not dumb down the service, but maybe you need to put something like this, this new independent film, alongside classics. What will be that future classics of. that you've never heard of? How many of those classics on Filmstrike have you heard of? Like I've you, heard. T- you should look. How dare, look now, you, now you're attacking me. I, I defend Sawyer. <laughs> you just come after me. You just, just you know, you you take the knife out of his chest and you jab it into mine. Um, I've I've heard of plenty of those things. I'm an Iranian film lover. How dare you? <laughs> I think that the problem is something like Filmstruck is it's left to people like us to prop it up and to sing its praises, and yet we don't have the we don't we don't have the education. We don't have the background. We don't have the access to these films to prop it up. I, you know what I've been doing also here a lot of is the library. It is a reasonably decent source of uh, of of good media. I mean, and th- just by their nature, they've got a lot of tons of old shit. You know, <laughs> they just got nothing but old stuff. Um, they've got a lot better getting getting things here. And then the libraries also have this thing where you can go onto the little website for the library and order a disc from another uh, library and have it at your library. So, in other words, you know, if they don't have the new, uh, you know paul thomas anderson movie you could click on the thing have it saved for you when you come in it's not bad it's it's a decent service so i've been using that quite a bit too i i wish i could disagree with you and clay you're a dork but i actually drive to the next county over because it has a better it has a better library they actually have blu-rays as opposed to just dvds in lexington they don't have blu-rays just dvds the next county how far is that drive it's actually not that far it's about 15 20 minutes oh mine is further i gotta drive 45 minutes to the library <laughs> just to, to your own <laughs> library like the one that's Meant to yeah. service you. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Just like you said at the beginning, I would just play the topper role here all, <laughs> all day, carry my hot potato. <laughs> I got to go 45 minutes to rent my copy of uh, Jules and Julia. So let's let's wrap up with how you started this. If the internet is never going to be satisfied, does that mean these, I mean, these services, should they stop trying? Um, I think we're getting in a kind of a funky area er, area here in time where I don't think it's the perfect solution just yet. It's kind of like when cable TV just started and the price points and the, the way the movies were being offered and stuff out. Like when we first started pay cable TV, I think well, HBO was the only king of the block. And then you got like stars and all these things. And um, I think they'll get it figured out eventually. You know, the president's here to help. At Marcus Blade Pod on Twitter. <laughs> I just want to leave you hanging on that one. I have I no comment back. It is what it is. <laughs> we went to library talk. <laughs> but I, I thought about bringing that up. I'm like, yeah, it's a little nerdy. I was like, because my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, gonna go drive to the library and get my movies but <laughs> i do the same shit man <laughs> <laughs>